It is Locked on Jazz for the 15th of November. Jazz and the Knicks are on the docket. We'll preview that. But first, we'll have a history lesson about what we've learned from 15 games of the Jazz and what it means for the rest of the season. We'll also learn that the NBA is very different this year and something is happening. Jazz are having some strange shooting and some bench strength. So those will all be touched on. Before we're done today, it is Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Jazz NBA Insider, this is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, Geeky numbers today, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free. We are available on all platforms or all podcasting apps for you. We're also on YouTube where you can hit subscribe, hit the bell button to be notified whenever we do a show. Uh, All right, question for the day on YouTube will be, which of these end results do you think we're going to see with the Jazz? We'll do a history lesson here in a second. I went through um, the last, what did I do? I went through until I think 15-16, leaving out the COVID year, and looked at performance and if you're, what your differential was early in the season and the impact, um, and we'll look at what we think the end result possibility of what we've learned about the Utah Jazz are. Uh, so far, and some of the other teams. Well, also, uh, some funky shooting numbers for us, which I'm a big believer that like you get to the back of your basketball card at some point, um, and we'll preview the next game. So thanks very much for tuning in. All right, so, you know, the number one question we're getting asked by everybody is like, is this sustainable? Is it sustainable? And I never quite know what that means. Um, but we've lost a few games. We've played 15, which is kind of a magic number to me. Um, and... It's 20 is what we all say, but 15 actually I think is probably a large enough sample size. It'd be interesting to run the Qualtrics number on on what, what the right sample is to be within a certain level of confidence. So there's a few things here of what I've done is I went through 15, 16, leaving out the 2021 season when we started at a funky time and just none of it was normal. And probably could have left out the 2021 season, but felt like it was close because that's actually, we're just taking the first 15 games before COVID. <clears throat> and so there wasn't anything weird of that season until COVID and then the bubble. And so the end result would, you know, might be. So here's what I looked at. I went and looked at every single team that had a differential on cleaning the glass of two or better. So right now the Jazz are a 3.5. We have the sixth best differential in the NBA. And um, that's a far lower number than we usually have for the sixth team in the NBA. So I did this research solely for the purpose of the Jazz and finding out and answering kind of the question that you've all been asking of like, what does an early season start mean? Well, an early season start means a lot, actually. So here's what's really interesting to me on this. If we go back over the years, and I'll start here, on... If you go and look at the best differential teams of each and every season and whether or not, like, does does 15, is 15 games enough? The answer is actually 15 games is plenty. And almost will tell you exactly 
what you need to know. Um, so if you go back and look at 15, uh, 16 se- seasons since, um, and you'll what you'll see is that the best teams in the NBA have comp- have taken that mark. So 15-16 of the NBA season, which is when the Warriors, uh, the Cavaliers beat the Warriors, the three best differentials were the Warriors, the Spurs, Cleveland were all dramatically better than everyone else. The Warriors would win 73, Cleveland would 57, win the East, and San Antonio would win 67. Like, so, okay, like we knew 15 games in who the best teams were. If we go to 16-17, the Clippers were unbelievable to start the year. They were like 15-1. and one. They would actually fall off. Um, but the number two team was the Warriors. Number three team was Cleveland. Okay, well, that actually the NBA Finals was the Warriors beat Cleveland. So, like, right away you knew. In the 17-18 season, when the Warriors win it again, the Warriors are four points better than the rest of the league already in differential by this point. They're followed by Boston and Houston and Oklahoma City, and that's the year in which actually Houston wins 65 games and has a better record than the Warriors by the end of the year. And um, the Cavaliers kind of float through the year and get there, but again, you see it, like, right away. And if you go to the 18-19 season... This is where Milwaukee's better than everyone else. Giannis is the MVP. They win the most games right away, but they end up, um, if you recall, they end up losing in the playoffs. And Toronto is the stunner in the 18-19 season. And Toronto is by the, you know, is a stunner, but by this point of the season has the fourth best differential of anyone in the NBA and the Warriors are the best. So the finalist teams are both right there to start. Again, I can just keep doing this. The 19 Actually, this one I th- thought was super interesting. This is the 1920 season. This is the Lakers win it in the bubble and in 1920 the num- and they beat Miami. Miami had the best differential 15 games into the season and Milwaukee and my- the Lakers had the third best. So you're seeing this like and then I went to 21-22 last year where at 21-22 Golden State actually had the best differential of any team in the NBA at this point of the year and they end up winning the NBA title. So I would argue that actually 15 games in is a pretty good sample size to have some idea of who's what and where in the NBA. However, I've felt this all year when people have asked me about the Jazz. And what has been eye-opening to me about the Jazz has not been the Jazz. It's been the Jazz, Indiana, San Antonio, Portland, all these teams. Indiana 6-6. They were supposed to be tanking. The Jazz are 10 and 5. They're supposed to be tanking. They're in first place. Portland's 9 and 4. They were supposed to be bad. They're in first place. Um San Antonio 6 and 8. Oklahoma City 6 and 8. So to me, while the Jazz are a fabulous story and we should be loving every second of it, from a league-wide perspective, there's something much larger taking place here than just the Jazz. And that is that all of these teams are supposed to not be as good are playing pretty well. Well, This shows up in something interesting. Right now, 15 games into the season for the Jazz, 14 for Boston. There is not a team in the NBA with a differential over 7. The Boston Celtics are the best in the NBA right now at 6.5. I can't find this. Um... I can keep running it. I stopped last year. Uh, I stopped last night at some point out of boredom because it just doesn't exist. I mean, if you go 
run at 15, 16, San Antonio, and at this point, you know, teams are at 11. Like, it's, it. you run 15, 16, the Warriors are at 15, 16, 17, the Clippers are at 16, 17, 18, Golden State's at 13, 18, 19, Milwaukee's at 12, Golden State's at 10, differential. 19, 20, Miami's at 9.6, Milwaukee's at 9.1. 21-22, Golden State's at 12 at this point. Jazz last year at 8 at this point. So we've never had an NBA season 15 games in, or this, you know, November 15th in, equivalent, because we didn't start at the same time, where nobody's got a differential over 7. Which means the top teams in the league are not separating each other. Which is actually, what it really means to me, is that the differential between the best and the worst is far slimmer than it's ever been. Which actually makes the little percentages that you can go steal points in a game by three-point shooting, by offensive rebounding, by getting in transition, to be more important than ever, makes effort probably more important than ever, makes health more important than ever, because the, the margins are slimmer. And so therefore... What you're seeing right now with Utah, Portland, San Antonio, Indiana, Oklahoma City is a league-wide trend <clears throat> that the, the the standard deviation of team has, slipped, has absolutely shrunk and allows for teams like Utah, etc. to have these surprising starts. The, the idea that we're, we have the sixth best differential in the NBA... With a 3.5 is crazy. Let me run through that for a second. In 15-16, the sixth best differential was a six. This point of the season. In 16-17, the sixth best differential was a 5.6. In 17-18, the sixth best differential was a 6.2. In the 18-19 season, the sixth best differential was a 5.4. Like, this is pretty consistent. In the 1920 <clears throat> season, the sixth best differential was a 7.5. It then dropped to 5.3. So, like, there just happened to be one more team that was better. Again, skip 2021. In the 21-22 season last year, Brooklyn was a 5.9. So, for us to be the sixth best differential at a 3.5, but then here, this is even more interesting. New Orleans is the fifth best differential at a 3.5, and Milwaukee's the fourth best differential at a 4.5. The league is way different than it's ever been before. This is because of the luxury tax. This is because... This has been going on for a while. This is the parity build-down of the league. You have $40 million players and they don't perform, you're in trouble. You have depth, you can kind of get by. So it's really different. All right, understanding it's different. 3.5 differential. What does that lead us to believe the Jazz will do this season? We'll touch on that. Um, as we continue. Today's Tuesday edition of the show, Jazz Knicks tonight, by the way, 4.50 for On the Floor, 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock tip-off, is brought to you today. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. Uh, I was talking, uh, oh, with Brian Goldmark, our sales guy for Lockdown last night. He was looking at cars and he, and he, he was just saying, like, you know what, like, I came out of New York. I had to get my first car and I had to get an Audi. He's like, my lease is up and like, I'm buying a Hyundai. Um, he said he was looking at the Hyundai or the Kia, to be totally honest. Um, and, you know, 
He's like, I get so much more for the dollar. They're absolutely fabulous. They're great looking. Why wouldn't I like make sure I did that? Um, and that's exactly uh, what I'm telling you. For the for the dollar, for the bells, the whistles, the dollars, the safety features, which you can get with a Hyundai is just remarkable. So go stop by Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street, also in Logan and in Linden. The SUV lineup's amazing. The Palisade is the King Poobah of it all. Absolutely gorgeous. The Kona's the little zippy one in the middle. is the Tucson and the Santa Fe. Uh, so stop by Murdoch Hyundai located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Linden and in Logan. If you're going to stop by, email me first. I will set you up with a VIP meeting at all of those. Do you ever have that moment where you've got a presentation or you have your kids have a presentation or prom <clears throat> and they have excessive sweating? It's not good. Prom's bad. Kids, it's, it's tough on kids. Uh, it's tough on adults too. Uh, sweat block wipes are a secret to that. Solve that confidence. Sweat block wipes work up to seven days per use. Apply them on a Sunday. You stay good all week. If you're someone who you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweat block. Save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available at Amazon, but go to locked, go to sweatblock.com and you get, go to locked. You get to use the promo code locked on. You get 20% off. So why, why do it at Amazon? Uh, so make sure you uh, check it out and help somebody else you love or yourself for that circumstance. Frankly, right now with this sweatshirt on, I probably could use a little sweat block. Uh, it's somehow 12 degrees outside and a million degrees in my office right now. Uh, thank you very much for making Locked On Jazz your first list of the day. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. Uh, your daily 22-minute podcast taking you through all the biggest stories of the sports world, updating you on everything that's taking place, including the Commanders beating the Eagles last night. Holy cow. Um, it's all there for you. All right, so that was about the league, which I thought was really interesting. Maybe you did or maybe didn't, because what you really care about is the Jazz. So since 2015-16, excluding the COVID year, there have been 25 teams who've had a differential between 2 and 5 at this point of the season. The Jazz are at 3.5. So I thought this was kind of the right range, right? Like, if we go blow out the Knicks tonight, we'll jump to 5. Like, we're still at a point of the season where these numbers fluctuate kind of crazy. So I thought this was the the right range. And then I broke it up into, like, 4 or 5 wins. So of the teams that had differential between, between the Jazz, I said, are 3.5. So of the teams that had a differential that are between two and five. It's a it's a big range, Like, and we'll talk about that in a second because there is um, definitely some aspect here where um, the range is significant enough that it makes you kind of wonder whether or not, um, uh, you know, whether or not there, there can be a little skewed. But nonetheless, is there's there were 25 teams Eight of them went on to win more than 50 games. Some of those had a differential of two, two of them, three of them had a differential of 2.8. So it's, you know, of the eight, five of them had a differential better than 3.5, right? So they were the upper trajectory. They, they were a 4.3, a 4.2, a 4.1, a 3.8. We could be there in one day. They won 50 games. So 32% of the teams that were from two to five on their differential 15 games into the season, won 32 games. 36%, or nine of them, won between 45 and 49. 
So staying above 500, probably make the playoffs at 45. Don't have to play a play-in. So 17 of the 25 teams, 68%, won 45 or more games that had a differential of the like the Jazz do of two point of 3.5. Actually, between two and five. Like, pretty interesting. Interestingly, by the way, there's a, there, there's a, two teams at 3.2 and one team at 3.3. And then there's one team at 3.8 and one point at 3.9. And that's it. There's only And then there's 1.3.4. There's only five teams that actually had a three. Their wins were actually amazingly consistent. 48, 47, 48, 51, 48. So I could have just narrowed that down, but that seemed like too small of a sample size. So I, I widened it out. But that five, that's within like 0.4 of the Jazz. Is 48, 47, 48, 51, 48. What an incredible year it would be if we won 48, 47, 48, 51, 48. Now, I do think we're, you know, one trade away from like pulling the thread off the fat that holds the fabric together. But that then here's what's interesting. There's not a single team that had a differential between two and five at the 15 game mark of the season or thereabouts that won between 40 and 44 games. You either kept it going and um, you won, and 68% of the teams won 45 or, or more, or eight teams went to sub 40. So 32% of the teams that had differential 3.5, like the Jazz or thereabouts, went to sub 40. Well, they're probably all teams that were less than 3.5. Actually, no. They're equally distributed. Four that had a differential worse than 3.5 and four that had a differential better than 3.5. Again, I think this comes down to just the single game that takes place can really skew the numbers at a pretty high margin. So, I you know, I don't know why that is. I did find that last little tidbit interesting that you actually don't just kind of hover around 500. You either keep this thing going... Or you don't. The teams that fell apart are Tom Thibodeau's Minnesota Timberwolves in 2016-17. They had a 2.1 early in the season, and then they fell apart. Uh, I think that's the year Zach Levine tore his ACL. Uh, I'm not totally certain. They were super young. Wiggins, Towns, Rubio. um, They started the year well, and then they fell apart in 16-17. that, that team fell apart. The other team in 16-17 that fell apart was the Charlotte Hornets. They they started the year very well, 2.9 differential, and ended up winning just 36 games under Steve Clifford, ironically enough, their head coach, still today. Couldn't find any noticeable injury there. That's just Kemba Walker, Nicholas Batum, Marvin Williams, uh, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, and they, they just seem to have fallen apart. I, I don't have a... I don't have a good answer to, to why. It wasn't a like, oh, look, he only played 23 games or, or anything like that when I, when I scan that. Um, in the 17-18 season, the Detroit Pistons were one of these teams, and they were really rolling. The Detroit Pistons in 17-18 were plus 4.5, and then by the end of the year only won 39 games. Looking at them, Blake Griffin gets hurt, and... Uh, so does Avery Bradley. So they get crippled by a significant injury. Blake Griffin ends up playing 28 games. Let's understand Van Gundy. They they actually might have been a pretty good team, and then Blake falls apart. They started really well and, and couldn't hold it together. 
1819, Charlotte decides to join the party again. Um, with the fade, they start the year really well with a five differential under James Borrego, and then they drop to 39 wins. Again, with the case of Charlotte, other than Cody Zeller getting hurt, I couldn't find anything, which I thought was really interesting. That Charlotte seems to have just fallen apart twice. In 1819, also, the New Orleans Hornets start off really, really well, and then they fall apart. That's partially due to, I think, the Anthony Davis fiasco. Um, they end up winning only 33 games, having started the year with a 2.4 differential under Alvin Gentry and Dell Demps. Um, Anthony Davis plays 56 games. Alfred Payton plays 42. Nikola Mirchik 32. They, they're just kind of an injured mess um, and end up with the whole Danny uh, Anthony Davis fiasco. So, And then last year's New York Knicks was a 2.3, dropped to 37 wins, um, which... Just don't think they're very good. Phoenix in 1920 has a four differential and drops to 39 wins. Um, and that's uh, the bubble season where they like somehow fell apart and then brought it back together. In 1920, Denver starts with a 4.6 and only gets 38 wins. Um, but that's also the bubble season where they then... Um, or no, 2020... No, 20... Yeah, that's the bubble season where they then beat us in the playoffs. Um so those are the teams that have done it. Washington's the team everyone talks about um, last year that had a big differential, but they actually had a 5.4 differential. So they're actually not even in their group, and then they fell to 35 teams. They're the only one that I could find that had a differential better than five that ever dropped under 500. Just to finish this up for you. So here's the takeaway on this. Like, what does all this mean? means that, like, there's a... 68% chance that we're talking about 45 wins or more. Like, the data shows that the 2.5, 3.5 differential to this point is totally legit and is a precursor that this team is good and can win a lot of games. Like, the 32% of the time, there's still a chance the bottom falls out a little. Most of the time, the bottom fell out is due to injury. The fragile roster, key player, gets hurt. Now, I do believe we have a player or two who's the thread that holds our fabric together. But 68% of the time, since 2015-16, when someone's got a differential between 2 and 5, they go on to win more than 45 games. Pretty great. From f- Just out of, if you're interested, if you have a differential between 5 and 7, and there's no team better than 7 right now, 47% of the time you win more than 50. So about half the time you win more than 50. The teams that right now have a differential better than 5 in the NBA are Phoenix, Cleveland, and Boston. And that's it. And that's it. Um, Phoenix, Cleveland, and Boston are 5.8 to 6.5. And and we've just, and the real number is if you're over seven, then you're going to win a title or be in the finals. Like that's, if you're over seven, there have been 23 teams that are over seven. Eight of them have won 60 or more. 13 of the 23 have won 55 or more. 18 of the 23 have won 50 or more. Like, that's the number, getting over seven. And we don't have anybody in the NBA over seven. I can't find a year where that's the case, other than this year. So to me, that's crazy interesting. That we have this unique NBA season going on, which I think even further promotes the fact that without major changes or major injuries, what we're watching is legit. Because the differential in the league is thinner than it's ever been. And so it's, maybe the Jazz in the traditional sense, aren't quite as good. But on the other end, the league's not as top-heavy dominant, and so 
go win the margins by shooting more threes, go win the margins by getting in transition, go win the margins by offensive rebounding, and you win more games. All right, I'm behind. Um, I got some strength, strength shooting. We probably won't do trends, um, but I do want to share some other fun little data points for you today. Hope that was interesting. League-wide trend items. When people ask you about the Jazz, you now have a better answer than probably anybody else does. You can be, you know, you can be super smart about that. How's that? Uh, there's an app that we talked about for a while called Truebill. It's now called Rocket Money. It's pretty cool. Um, so what it does, like what its primary thing is to make sure you're not wasting money on subscriptions. 80% of the people have subscriptions they forgot about. Maybe for you it's an unused Amazon Prime account or Hulu account that never gets streamed or, you know, whatever subscription to some Substack you made somewhere. And um, Rocket Money now tells you what those are and can save you money. Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscription. The actual number is closer to 200 So that's right. You could use... You could save hundreds of dollars a month by using Rocket Money. Um, that's where the app is uh, for you. It also will track all of your expenses in one place and all sorts of other things that are really cool and monitor your spending and tell you if a major expenditure has come out of your account or all sorts of other safety features. It's all at Rocket Money. You can get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. So go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on to save hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash Locked on. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Pick. If you're looking a way to add some more fun and interest into your sporting life, Prize Picks is the answer for you on that. Um, enjoy Prize Picks uh, and all the fun that it has to offer. Maybe even more so because you get a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars with promo code Locked On. You can download the app or go to PrizePicks.com and, as I said, use the promo code Locked On and you get a hundred up to $100 match. If you deposit 100 you get 100 If you deposit 72 you get 72 If you deposit 50 you get 50 So download the PrizePix app and go to prizepix.com to sign up for your daily fantasy sports. Any sport imaginable entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in 30 states or more. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKDOWN though at sign up or your instant deposit match up to $100. It's all at PrizePix. All right. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Jazz your first listen of the day. For your second listen, there's Lockdown Sports today. Also, game to game, Lockdown NBA will run you through all the action. I'll put the little link up top. Our friends are at Lockdown Knicks. I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. All right, I thought there was, this was interesting, um, or else I wouldn't have shared it. So, there are some strange shooting numbers going on with our Utah Jazz right now. So, Mike Conley, career Pull-up shooter. Last year was number two in the NBA. Career pull-up shooter. So off the bounce, three-point shooter. Career 38%. He's right now at at 25. Seems unlikely to last. He He's one of his last 11 from three, despite playing just absolutely brilliantly. But he's a career 37% who's at 25%. Flip side... Colin Sexton, who's a career 35... These, are, these numbers are with... Uh, not Do not have the Philadelphia game. Uh, Conley's do, but everyone else doesn't. Colin Sexton, who's a career pull-up shooter at 34.5%, is making 56% of his off-the-bounce threes right now. Okay, that seems a little unlikely. Um, I think he we could see a real slump there, go back to his career number 34. But Sexton on his catch-and-shoot, this is why these numbers are strange. Sexton on his catch-and-shoot 
is at 25%. He's a career 41% on 460 of them. Like, that's not going to last. So he's completely inverted it. So it'll be really interesting to watch what happens with sex. And I do generally believe guys go to the back of their basketball card. Taylor Horton Tucker is not a good shooter. He's been a 28% off the bounce shooter, a 27% catch and shoot, 3.2. Taylor Horton Tucker's catch and shoot, which I think he made one the other night, but going into the game the other night was 12%. 3 of 26. He's career 27%. So that's going to go up. His off the bounce three-point shooting's at 50%. I'd love to tell you I think he developed a new skill and maybe he's gotten better at it, but not 28% to 50%. We've been making an inordinate amount of off the bounce threes other than Mike Conley which is weird. Let's do Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson's pull-up shooting, off the bounce three-point shooting, this year, going into the last game, was at 44%. Career, 32%. Seems unlikely to last at that level. His catch and shoots at 36, and he's at 39 for the season, so he's right on that number, that normal number. Um, Lowry marketing catch and shoot is at 38%. His career is 37%, so he's right there. Like, he's right back to where he should be. Malik Beasley. Catch and shoot, 40%. Catch and shoot, 40%. 46%. He's a little hot. He's also probably getting pretty good looks because of Mike Conley. And then Jared Vanderbilt's my favorite because Jared Vanderbilt, for his career, was 3 of 18 on catch and shoot. And he's was 7 of, I think he missed one the other night. So he's 7 of 15. But that's interesting. I thought that was interesting. Colin Sexton just completely reversed and not something that's, Probably, like, either side sustainable. I can't imagine that his catch-and-shoot number stays at 25% when he's a career 41%, and I can't imagine that his off-the-bounce stays anywhere near 56% when his career is 35%. So those two probably flip. And same thing with Taylor Horton Tucker. I can't imagine this catch-and-shoot stays at 12%, um, when he's a, even though he's only a career 27%, and his off-the-bounce at 50% when he's a career 28%. I would think those kind of flip a little bit. We, it's unusual to have guys shooting the off-the-bounce three. Um, as well as we do right now. Um, Nick's preview for you. We'll get bench strength another day. Um, Nick's preview. Tonight's game is going to come down to two things. One is transition. Jazz rank uh, 20th in transition defense and the Knicks rank 27th in transition defense. The Knicks are in transition the fourth most of any team in the league. We're actually only in transition the 25th most of any team in the league. So the Knicks actually get out and run a lot. 17% of their possessions are in transition, <clears throat> which is super surprising to me. They're terrible at it when they're actually in it. They're the worst transition team in the league. It's still better possession than half court, though. So that's the first one. We actually are 21st in allowing transition. They're 26th in the league in trans- allowing transition. So neither of these teams is quick and athletic and gets back well. So that transition will be vital tonight. Offensive rebounding. They're the 6th best offensive rebounding team in the league. or the 7th best offensive rebounding team in the league. Neither team's very good at defensive rebounding. We're 22nd in the league in defensive rebounding. They're 26th in the league at defensive rebounding. So, 10-5 and five Jazz, 6-7 and seven Knicks, fringe possessions. Kind of the theme of the show. Can we get fringe possessions on, on the offensive glass? Can we get extra transition possessions? So let's keep an eye on those two things tonight. Um, that'll do it. We'll look at trends tomorrow. Uh, maybe some of the bench scoring tomorrow and hopefully talk about the 11th win of the season to lead the NBA. Thanks very much for tuning in. Now make Locked On Sports Today your second listen. Have a great one.